0: You are now tuned in to the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe? The following podcast is a production of the network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com.
1: Welcome to the Herd and 10 podcast. Here's your host, Jake Fortinsky.
2: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Herd and 10 podcast. I'm your host, Jake Fortinsky. You can find me on Twitter at jfortinsky NFL. You can also check out any of our dedicated social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and even YouTube at Herd and Tent. It's worth noting all of our episodes come out on YouTube before all the other streaming services. So if you want an advanced listen, check out our YouTube channel. If you hate listening on other streaming services, Check out our YouTube channel and please subscribe so you can get notifications when every new episode drops. Let's get right into it. Bills win, bills win, bills win. Oh baby, what a win this week! If you're listening to this show, I assume you're a bills fan or at least you're a huge NFL fan. You just gotta love. That primetime matchup, Bills, 49ers, and Josh Allen and the Bills offense came out guns a-blazin'. What a game from third-year pro Josh Allen. I would argue this was the best game he has ever had in his career. This season, he's had quite a few impressive games, but nothing quite at this level in prime time against a 49ers team that had seemed to be on the up has an excellent defensive coordinator and has a pretty solid defense but man they were no match for Josh Allen and the Bills offense Josh Allen barely even had to run he only ran for 11 yards He had an 80% completion rate, 375 yards and four touchdowns, no interceptions. They did note that he had a fumble. I would argue that that fumble wasn't him, but it was actually Zach Moss. Regardless, Josh Allen had a 139.1 passer rating. He was practically perfect in this game. I don't think there's anything that I could say negative about Allen in this game. This was his true coming out party. I was looking back at last season when the Bills took on the Dallas Cowboys during primetime Thanksgiving, and Allen led the Bills to a win. But his stat line was nowhere near what I just listed off. He was just unbelievable. There's really no other word to use he was just unbelievable his stats i mean it's they just they jump off the page this season has been truly something special for josh allen and he continues to improve he is becoming an elite quarterback by now i have already put out a post called Jake's Take, and it's on our Instagram account, our Facebook account, and our Twitter account. And I talk about that. I think Josh Allen can officially be called the Bills franchise quarterback. He is now solidified himself as the future of the Buffalo Bills organization. He is everything that we as fans and The management office has been searching for, for decades. I would argue at this point, he is the best quarterback the Buffalo Bills organization has ever had. He is the best quarterback the Bills organization has ever put a jersey on. Man, what a draft pick. Truly, what a draft pick. Everyone doubted it. No one thought he'd be this. And he's now in the MVP conversation. Whether he wins it or not, you and I know that Josh Allen is everything we want in a quarterback. Big arm, can take hits, reads the field well. He can run if he has to. He's not afraid to take hits. He's not afraid to throw interceptions and come back the next drive and drive down the field again. He's not afraid. We've had countless quarterbacks that are afraid. They're either afraid to throw the ball down the field. They're afraid to get picked off. Tyrod Taylor's a perfect example. Too conservative. Too afraid to throw the ball down the field. Too content with dumping the ball off. Then you have guys like Trent Edwards, who I would argue after his concussion after that serious injury, he got afraid In the pocket, he was afraid to get hit. So he would just get rid of the ball so he wouldn't get hit. Afraid. You've had other quarterbacks like Ryan Fitzpatrick who are not afraid and who were not afraid. But they didn't have the talent to really put it together. It seems like Josh Allen has the best of both worlds. He's got that willingness to push the ball down the field like Ryan Fitzpatrick. And he has that understanding of defenses, like players like Aaron Rodgers. And he's got this talent. He's got that raw talent, like a guy like Russell Wilson, or even Patrick Mahomes. He seems to have it all there. There is something special about this guy. It's not just about What he does on the field. It's about what he does off the field. It's about what he says on and off the field. The control he has in the huddle. The control he has when he comes to the line. Just watch his pre-snap. He's calling audibles. He's noting who's the mic, which, I mean, every quarterback should be able to do. But he's reading the defense. He is noting down what the coverage is and where he's going to go before he's even snapped the ball. He's really using pre snap reads to figure out what he needs to do once the ball is snapped. And that is something the Bills have not seen in many years. I have not personally seen that in many, many years. I don't care who's playing running back, I don't care who's on the offense. If we have Josh Allen, I think we have a chance. Doesn't matter about the defense. Doesn't matter about the receivers. If Josh Allen's in the game, the Bills have a chance. That's not to say those other pieces aren't important. The Bills' defense still matters, and they're continuing to improve. We saw that again against the 49ers. They looked better. They handled the run game a little bit better. They certainly handled the pass game better. They're getting turnovers. They're picking the ball off now. They weren't doing those things earlier on in the season. But if we have Josh Allen, we will always have a chance to win. Like any team, all phases have to work. But if you have him, you've got a real shot to win every game. And that means you got a real shot to go through and win in the playoffs. I'm not about to call the Bills a Super Bowl contender. In some of our later parts of the episode, I have some guests on who may feel that they are a contender. And I think that they're close. But I'm not ready to call them a true Super Bowl contender yet. Because I don't think everything else is complete. I think they have a chance in every game but I wouldn't be betting my money that they're for sure going to make the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl. It's certainly possible. Josh Allen has proven that he can do it regularly, week in, week out. He's had some bad weeks, but generally speaking, he has shown that he can show up every single week and always give the Bills an opportunity to win. There's a reason the Bills are 9-3 and, I should mention, leading the AFC East. Yes, it's a tight race, but the Bills are leading. The Bills are currently first place in their division. How can I complain? I'm thrilled. You should be thrilled too. This is a great place to be in. I could really get used to this feeling. I want to talk a little bit about this upcoming matchup because the Bills have a wild battle coming up. They have another primetime game. That's right. The Buffalo Bills are getting national attention. They're getting national games. They're being put in the spotlight. Prime time, baby. They got to play against the 49ers on a Monday night. And now we get to wait all day for Sunday night when the Bills take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is a monster game. You're getting the Steelers who have been stumbling a little. They lost, surprisingly, to the Washington football team, and now they're coming against the Bills, and the Bills have a real chance to win this game. A couple weeks ago, I would have said no way the Bills could win. Now, completely different story. I think the Bills have a real shot to win this game. I want to go through what the Bills need to do to win this game, and what they would need to do to lose this game, because... This game is an interesting one. It could go either way. The Bills, as we know, have become a great team. But we also know the Pittsburgh Steelers are arguably the best team in the NFL right now. It's them and Kansas City. Before I start this segment for weekly wins and lazy losses, I just want to say that this segment is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. But they now also offer products for other parts of your body. I want to tell you a little bit about Manscaped's latest product, the new Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, which uses the same skin safe technology when you're trimming those delicate nose hairs of yours. If you buy this product using the promo code HERDAN10, you will receive 20% off and free shipping. So please visit manscaped.com. And when you purchase an item and hit checkout, include the promo code and 10 That's H-E-R-D-A-N-D-T-E-N. And you'll get 20% off and free shipping for your entire order. So get the new Weed Whacker and or the Lawn Mower 3.0 and make your balls a priority this month fall let's start with weekly wins in this game i got one weekly win you gotta let josh allen cook i just spent a few minutes talking about how impressive he has been forget about the run game it's funny this whole season i talked about balance balance in the offense run the ball well but honestly. I think at this point, it's becoming pretty apparent that we're not going to be able to run the ball successfully or at least consistently. And we're going to have to rely on Josh Allen's arm. And I think this is another game where we're going to have to do that. I'm not saying don't run the ball. Start maybe. Try to have some bounce at the beginning. But if the run game isn't working, you better give up on it and just let Josh Allen cook. Because if you do that, I think you could win this game. I really think the Bills can win this game. If Allen comes out and has another impressive performance like he did against the 49ers, the Bills can certainly win this game. It's going to be tough, but it's definitely a winnable game for lazy losses. The Pittsburgh Steelers offense has changed dramatically in the last couple of years. The Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger have always been a vertical offense, a vertical passing offense, giving Roethlisberger time to chuck the ball down the field. He's got a big arm, but it's obviously not quite what it used to be, and this offense has now changed. They're starting to make quick plays. Roethlisberger is focused on getting the ball out fast, so I don't necessarily think blitzing is the way to go. I think if the Bills blitz too much and try too hard to get quick pressure, I think they could get burned because I could see Roethlisberger successfully getting the ball out quickly and then taking advantage of our cornerbacks, our linebackers, etc. I think they need to play press coverage. I do think they need to play tight on the outside receivers and force Roethlisberger to throw it quickly but throw it into tight windows. So I think the Bills could lose this game if they do one of two things, or both of them. One, they send too many blitz packages and therefore don't have anyone in coverage. Or two, don't play press coverage and make it too easy for Roethlisberger to hit receivers one to two yards down the field. Because that's really the Steelers' bread and butter, or it has been this season. So the Bills really would need to play press coverage and force Roethlisberger to either try to beat you deep with an arm that he doesn't have anymore or force him to throw into tight press coverage. I think the Bills could win if they do that. Before we go to break, I got to just tell you who the guests are going to be. We have some exciting guests on today. We're going to have on Sports Illustrated's Senior writer Greg Bishop. Greg is a great guy. Love talking to him. I've had many chats with him and finally got him on the show. Such a nice guy. Although he's not a Bills fan, he certainly sounds like a Bills fan. He's really confident in the Bills. And it's so nice to hear that from a national sports writer like Greg. Stay tuned because in a few moments, we will be having on Greg Bishop from Sports Illustrated. And later on the show, we're going to have on Dan Feats. We've had Dan on before. Great guy. Knows so much. Works for ABC News and is really knowledgeable and is a big Bills fan. So I had a great chat with him about the Bills' upcoming matchup against the Steelers, which is why I didn't go into too much detail because... Dan and I are going to be really diving deep into some things that we should expect in this matchup and what you should be looking for in this upcoming Sunday night battle against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So we're going to just take a quick break and then we'll be right back. Thanks. Hello, fellow sports fans. We have an exciting product to bring to you today. It's called the drive. It's a really exciting game. It's specific to football. And I actually have the founder on to talk a little bit more about what this game is and why it was created and why you should play it. So I'll start with the founder who is Dan. And so, Dan, how did you actually come up with this game?
1: Hey, thanks a lot, Jake, and uh, thanks a lot for having me. It's been a long history of uh, being a uh, very avid sports fan, watching all sports, and wanting to have action on whether it be uh, a basketball game, a football game, a baseball game. But everyone seems to be a bigger fan when they have a little money running in their favor, or at least during the game. And so what I developed was a card game where when you're sitting around at home and you're watching a football game, I developed some cards that you can now deal out like a poker game and everyone anties into a cup and you can choose whether you're going to play for a dollar a drive or $5 or $10 a drive. But it's a really fun way to watch the game with between 3 and 10 people. And you get a card at the beginning of the drive, and you watch the game. And whatever happens on the drive, if you're holding that card, you're the winner of all the money. So it's a lot of fun. It's like poker, watching a football game.
2: It sounds like an incredible product. I know I'm going to be using this, especially when I can play with my friends or my family. It's really cool because it essentially provides that excitement in every single drive. It brings that gambling thrill in every single drive. So for those of you who are interested, go to playthedrive.com. That's the best way to find it. It should also be noted that this is actually created by Stadium Games and they're going to be coming out with some new incredible products. Dan, maybe you want to mention a couple of those so that our listeners know that this isn't just for football. You have games for all
1: sorts of sports. Yeah, thanks again. That It all goes back to everyone wanting to not only see the game, but to have some action. Go into a baseball game, finish a, a soda or a beer, you play dollar in the cup and if the batter hits a home run everyone gets the money in the cup. Well that's the kind of little backyard game that I've been playing with my friends all along and I went ahead and I developed uh, the drive. It's a social game and everyone likes taking money from their friends and relatives especially if you don't have to make a prediction and Jake I'll just mention this one of my relatives. She apologized profusely that she's never watched football before and she doesn't know the rules. Well, all we do is deal the cards. She put a couple of dollars in the cup and in the first quarter of the Detroit Lion Thanksgiving game, she had won $40. From all of her cousins and relatives, it was really great. You don't need to know the rules of the game. All you need to do is put money in a cup, get your card, and if something happens in the game that's on your card, you win. So it's for everyone. Such a great
2: concept, and it's something that literally anyone can play. Like you said, you don't have to have prior knowledge. You don't have to be a football expert. All you have to do is put a couple dollars in the cup, and you have a chance to win. So again, if you want to go and get this product, and you probably should if you want to make games more exciting, go to playthedrive.com and you can get yours play today too. Also, when you go to their website, you will see that there's not just the original green and yellow version. There's also the perfect version for all of you Buffalo Bills fans out there. They have the all-American version. That's right. It's red, white, and blue. So go and get yours today. Welcome back to the Herd in 10 podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Jake Fortinsky, and I am joined by a special guest today, That's Greg Bishop, who is a senior writer for Sports Illustrated. Greg, welcome to the show. Tell our listeners where they can find you.
3: Well, thank you for having me, Jake. It's always fun to talk to a Bills fan. I I spent a summer at the Buffalo News back in 2001, and I never forgot uh, seeing those parking lots. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Bills fans. Let's just start with that. Uh, I can be found at Greg Bishop, S.I. on Twitter. Our website is just si.com. We'll definitely be covering the playoffs. And it definitely seems like that will mean more bills coverage for everybody, because I like them as a team with a good chance to go pretty deep into January. So, you know, anybody wants to check anything out, that's where to find it.
2: Awesome. Awesome. Look, so happy to have you on. I want to get your take on the bills. Huge win the other night against the San Francisco 49ers. The bills were Not a heavy favor coming in by any means coming on the road. I think there were some concerns there. The bills have had some ups and downs this season, but it appears like everything finally came together and it, it was a real big statement win, in my opinion, what's your take on the game, Greg, and do you have any key takeaways from that matchup?
3: Well, I think what I would start with is I think that you're correct. Like, to me, this was a big win because it's a sort of a deceptive game, right? You're going across the country. You got to travel. The world's in chaos. And you're going to play, you know, Kyle Shanahan and Robert Sala, who, in my mind, are two of the best schematic guys in the NFL. Now, their defense has been banged up this year. They obviously lost some players this offseason. But there's a reason that people are talking about Robert Sala as being the best coach to fill the Lions vacancy in Detroit. You know, this is a team that I thought maybe could scheme the Bills a little bit, take away, say, you know, um, take away uh, Diggs or maybe limit Beasley. And instead, what we saw was, I mean, Josh Allen in that offense and Brian Dayball, they just carved them up. So I don't think you can understate sort of the importance of that win. That would be my main takeaway. You know, the Bills look like a force that to be reckoned with in the playoffs. I think it's legitimate to think they could at least be playing the Chiefs or the Steelers or both deep in January, I think pretty clearly those three teams stand above the rest of the AFC and pretty clearly the AFC stands above the NFC. So, I mean, you're talking about like, this is a team that could win the Super Bowl. That's what the, that's what it said to me last night. Would I pick them? Not necessarily, but the fact that we're talking about that, this is the Buffalo Bills, man, you know? And like, we're talking about they, they could win the Super Bowl this season. Like, I truly believe that, which would lead to my second takeaway, well, second and third, really. I just think that they've they've built everything right. You know, this is a team that added weapons for Josh Allen as he improved his own game. You know, Cole Beasley was on fire against the 49ers. I mean, I thought he was going to Tyree kill 230 yards at halftime. It kind of seemed like, but you see that just the impact a guy like that can make. The impact that Diggs has had. The impact that these offensive linemen have made. And so I think you got to credit Sean McDermott with knowing what he wanted. I think you got to credit Brandon Bean with being in lockstep with his coach and delivering a roster that maximizes Allen's talents, and I think you got to credit Allen with really working at becoming the best version of of a quarterback that he can be. And I think what you saw, like you alluded to this in your question, is that this is a team that's putting it all together, and sometimes that's all it takes to win the whole thing. You know, get on the right run. We've seen six teams even just you get hot at the right time, you got enough pieces, it just sort of comes together. They've had points where they didn't look like that necessarily this season, but to do it now with only a few weeks left, I think that to me it bodes well in terms of like, this is a team to be reckoned with. That that seems like an obvious thing to me at this point in the year.
2: So let's talk specifically about who was phenomenal. Now you obviously mentioned Stefan Diggs and Cole Beasley really had impressive games and, Especially against a team that a lot of people didn't expect that from the bills, were also missing one of their top receivers in John Brown, and sometimes that has impacted their offense and their ability to throw the ball effectively. But it seems like Diggs and Beasley were constantly open, and if they weren't open, Mr. Josh Allen was finding them, and he was just putting it everywhere it needs to be. He was getting it just over linebackers arms. I mean, just the, the ball placement is unbelievable. And it's something that for so long has been his biggest issue, it, Allen's accuracy. But it seems like that issue might be gone. So at this point, is it fair to call Josh Allen elite? Is he in that elite level yet or is he moving towards it he's obviously still young this is his first truly impressive season for you as the expert and as a non-bills fan do you see josh allen as an elite quarterback in the nfl
3: yeah i would i would draw a distinction there uh is he elite the answer is you know absolutely i think that there's no doubt that his skill set the size the speed you know, at six, five, the way he throws the ball, the improvements he's made in terms of accuracy, you know, the way he can command a game now, how he couldn't in his rookie or second seasons, you know, definitely elite consistently elite, I think is the question that's still going to dog him a little. And we even saw points this season where maybe he didn't have a game like the one he had against the 49ers, but he's put together a consistently very good, if not great year, And to me, he should be on the fringe of MVP consideration. You know, this is a team that's uh, contending for the Super Bowl. He's far and away been their best player. And I think that we should be looking at him. He doesn't throw the ball like Aaron Rodgers. He's not this sort of like uh, passing savant like Patrick Mahomes. But like, let's be honest, like they're not sitting in this position if he hasn't played the way he's played. So I buy that. And I think what, what really was showcased against the 49ers that sort of bolsters that notion is that you know, this is a team, I think, without John Brown that has had trouble sometimes getting guys open. I mean, his speed is such a differentiator that I think he opens things for Beasley and for Diggs in ways that are pretty obvious. But they did it last night without, you know, when I wrote about Josh for SI for the magazine a couple months ago, I wrote a lot about, you know, how exciting he can be in this beautiful face mask penalty and these sort of moments of abject terror combined with poetic grace and how you never really knew, but that wasn't the case against the 49ers. Like he legitimately carved them up. You know, that was a elite quarterback doing elite things. It could have been Rodgers. You know, it wasn't like we saw the Josh Allen who's like, you know, you know, rumbling into the bar, ready to fight somebody. Last night we saw the surgeon and I think that speaks to his development and the team they put around him. And I just love the way the pieces fit together. Like Diggs is one of the best deep ball receivers in football besides being you know, incredibly fast. Like I think that that helps a quarterback who scrambles around a lot and can extend plays, you know, Beasley's shifty. And if he's got space to operate, even, especially when Brown's there, you know, that's a great guy to have sort of over the middle as like an outlet. We saw that over and over again against the 49ers. I also think the bills are just fast. They got a fast quarterback, they have fast receivers. They're running backs like Devin Singletary is a fast player Team speed is something the 49ers used to go all the way to the Super Bowl last season. And yesterday, it got flipped right on top of them. Or I mean, on Sunday, I mean, on Monday, sorry. And so to me, like, I think that people say system quarterback in a derogatory sense. I personally think every elite quarterback is a system quarterback. They're all products of a system that they're in and they all enhance it. But it matters, like, who are you playing with? What is your scheme? And have people figured you out yet? Like that, to me, is when you get a lead. Like, can you beat teams even when they know what you're going to do? And the Bills check every box there. You know, they scheme well. They have talented players. They fit together well. And their quarterback can win them games. This isn't a matter of, like, will he not lose it? This is, like, Josh Allen wins football games for the Buffalo Bills. And that's a lead to me.
2: Yeah, I like that answer. I think that it definitely differentiates – what Allen was and what he is now, and also what he needs to become if he wants to be, like you said, consistently elite. I like that because we have seen some games, like the game against the Four Niners, where, as you said, he carved up their defense. He looked incredible. He really didn't make a mistake. He was essentially perfect. But we've seen other games, like the two weeks prior, where he had some boneheaded plays that. You just hate to see, and you just don't tend to see from guys like Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, uh, Tom Brady in his earlier stages. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I love to say that. It makes me feel good. <laughs> but I think that that you have something there, that there, there clearly is something about Allen that is catapulting him, his ability to improve. And I really think it should be noted here that his running ability, because He's not even using it. He's got incredible legs. The guy can run all over teams, but he's not even needing to do it. An elite quarterback doesn't need to run. Said this before, which is Lamar Jackson. I I don't think he is a true elite quarterback. I don't think he's a franchise quarterback because he cannot be relied upon to throw it 40, 50 times a game. If Baltimore is losing and it's the two-minute drill, That's where he struggles. That's where he suffers. And that's certainly not where Allen suffers. He seems to love those moments. He seems to love to play hero ball, which at times does hurt him. But when you see him and he's developing and becoming more comfortable against teams like the 49ers in prime time, you're clearly seeing a new player, a more comfortable player. It's really interesting that he only ran for 11 yards last night and that's something that should be noted because he threw for almost 400 yards and four touchdowns. So he definitely had himself a night. What I want to talk about now is the other side of the ball, the defense, which is funny enough being the worst part of this team. They came into this season being the best part of this team and they have quickly, kind of fallen under the pressure they've obviously had some personnel changes and that's potentially impacted what they are now which I don't know exactly what they are right now so I'm hoping to get an idea from you where you see this Bills defense and maybe you've seen some improvements last night it seemed like they are improving a little bit specifically in the run game do you do you think that
3: that's exactly what I was gonna say. Last night, it looked like they've gotten a handle a little bit on some of their run game issues, you know? And I imagine McDermott as a defensive guy has been going bananas, you know, trying to get this fixed because it's not like they don't have players, you know? They have a lot of in- impressive players on that defense. You know, Tradavius White's one of the best players, defensive players in football, but it, it extends beyond that. Like they're pretty good on every level and they should in theory have a playoff type of defense that can travel well in January. I think what we've seen this season is them trying to get a handle on exactly who those guys are, who's going to fill what role. As you mentioned, there's been some roster shuffling. I do think that they've had some games against teams with pretty elite offenses, which tends to make your defense look worse. And then I also just think that it's just kind of a weird year, you know, like they've had a couple of games that just didn't make sense, which is sort of like the Josh Allen experience anyway, right? Like he can look for most of the season, like a fringe MVP candidate, and then kind of throw two picks in a game where it just looks terrible and, you know, and they end up losing. I think with the defense, it's been sort of that way too. That like, the thing that would scare me about Buffalo if we're comparing them to Pittsburgh and Kansas City is that they've had a couple games where they don't look like a team that could play into February, you know? They look like a playoff team, but not necessarily. And I think that part of that is like, you know, I think what we're seeing with them now is them building, you know, all facets toward like a complete sort of, Thing. The question of be, does that happen too early? You know, is this sort of the peak, or can they carry it into the postseason? And I think that's going to really hinge on two things because I don't really worry about their skill, guys. Offensive line, I think, has played pretty well this year. You know, the question is, will the defense have a bad game in January or will Josh? And that I think is always a possibility. And in some ways, in their last playoff loss, which was weird and fluky, and you know, that was a strange game. In some ways, both those entities let let them down, right? The defense collapsed when they needed them to. And Josh made a couple, you know, boneheaded decisions. And so I think that kind of game is on the table, right? Like you get into January, you got a team that can win. You're pretty well stocked on all levels of your defense. You have a quarterback who's played great. Do you have a game where you just screw up for a few minutes and that's enough to sink you like that? I think is possible too.
2: Yeah, I think that that makes sense. And I think that's been the story with the Bills this season. And it's the reason they've had three losses. Some of them have obviously been weird. I won't even talk about the Cardinals game. I don't even want to say what that was. Yeah, it's exactly
3: like it's it's one play, right? You know, like, can you just do, you know, like, yeah, you make a great point.
2: And that's how these games go. Like that's part of football, which they're not a series of games in the playoffs. It's one game. So one play late in a game could change everything. And unfortunately that's what can devastate fans and devastate teams, but it's also what makes the game so incredibly exciting. My final question for you is actually on the kicking is in special teams because there hasn't been a lot of talk since Tyler Bass has settled in when he came in there was obviously a battle with veteran kicker Steven Hauschka he won the job and people were some people were upset some people were happy but there was definitely some concerns about Bass early on in the season he looked a little nervous it seems like he settled down and I mean at this point he's probably one of the best kickers in the league is that really crucial moving to the playoffs in games that might be a lot closer because the odds are you're going to play a team, maybe like the Cleveland Browns, and you're going to be in a tough battle and having a guy like Tyler Bass could be the difference. Would you say that Tyler Bass could be the difference and should be the difference?
0: Maybe.
3: Yeah, great. So, so with Bass for me, it's a really intriguing question, right? And I think if I were a bills fan, it would make me nervous on one hand. Steven Hauschka has had a, a rough couple seasons. Like, I mean, at least there's enough there to be concerned anyway. So it's not like you have Justin Tucker and you go to some guy you've never heard of and, and you're not going to win. That said, like, I think has looked really good, you know? So then there's part of you that thinks maybe that's the right decision and kicking in some ways is mental and just being in the right zone and having sort of a good run. I think we've seen that from him recently. He looks like a legitimate NFL kicker but just as a baseline level, I think I would feel concerned or nervous about having a kicker with that little experience on a team that's this close to going deep. So I think you can feel every which way about it. Like on one hand, it's great. He's making field goals on another. It seems good that they've fixed this part of their roster as they fixed other things. But if I'm thinking like, you know, in Kansas city, January 29th, 35, 35, two seconds left, I think I would be really nervous to have him kick. And that doesn't mean he's not capable or that he won't make the kick and make me look like an idiot. Cause that happens pretty frequently anyway. But I do think that you have a team here that's really well built and that would be one place I would, you know, maybe it's not a concern, but like it just kind of is what it is. It's a young kicker without a lot of experience.
2: Yeah. It's it's a good point because this team is supposed to go to the playoffs and ideally maybe win a game or two in the playoffs And it would be a real shame for your kicker to be the issue. And I've said this in the past, but kickers are more important than people realize. Unfortunately, with a rookie kicker, sometimes there's some inconsistencies there. I guess you hope that he's gotten those out early on this season, but it's true. The guy's never been to an NFL playoff game. So he may be more nervous when he's kicking with two seconds left in a game. You hope that our offense does enough that we're not in that situation, but it's certainly a point. And that's why I brought it up because he is a rookie kicker and he's having a really good rookie season, but he's still just a rookie. It's interesting to just look at what he could be for this team and, Hopefully he doesn't or need to be that key piece in the playoffs. Hopefully it doesn't right. go to that, but I guess you just never know.
3: Is it is it fair to bring this up? But like, imagine if you're a Bills fan, right? Like, I hate to salt in the wound there, but like, good God, could they survive another? You don't deserve that, you know. Oh, you don't okay, deserve another, know. Kick, another kick wide right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's
2: it would be very tough, and it would just suck because you don't want to lose on that. If you lose because you get blown out or an interception or something, it's still bad, but it doesn't feel as bad as a missed kick. A missed kick just seems so simple and it would just really be awful to lose on that. But look, the, the good thing is the bills are nine and three. They're leading the AFC East. Now it's only by one game. Surprisingly, the dolphins are right behind them and, What's amazing about this is the final week of the season, the Bills are taking on the Dolphins. That could be a crucial game. Greg, I really appreciate you coming on. Great to have you on. Great to have a non-Bills fan, but a sports expert come on and talk about the Bills in such a positive way. I really appreciate it. I think our listeners will appreciate it. Again, if you want to check out Greg, please go check him out on Twitter at Greg S I. S-I, Or check him out. Just go to sportsillustrated.com, si.com. You can check out some of his pieces. Like he said, he's done some stuff on the Bills. He's done a piece on Josh Allen. So definitely worth a read. Thank you so much, Greg, for coming on.
3: Well, thank you for having me, Jake. I do the Super Bowl cover every year. So those are my Super Bowl covers. I've done the last six. And uh, I love dealing with Josh and the Bills. So I would not be sad at all to write that one in a couple months here. So
2: That would be quite amazing. Hey Bills Mafia, this has been a crazy year with a lot of changes. Good changes, like the New England Patriots not sitting at the top of the AFC East. But this year has certainly brought some challenges and has made it harder for us all to connect with our fellow sports fans. If you are a big sports fan like me, then you need to join this new sports fan community called Playing the Field. Playing the Field has developed a dating and community app centered around our sports fan lifestyle. It has a great sports-focused interface from their profile trading cards in your favorite team's colors down to their bubblegum in-app currency. The best part is that right now, while they are still in beta, it is 100% free to join, and you also get extra in-app bubblegum that you can trade in when their premium features get added in just a few months. So go to playthefielddating.com and sign up now to buddy up, recruit teammates, or find your MVP. Also, be sure to check out their podcast, The Fan Experience, where they interview sports fans just like you and me and let them share their fan experiences. The Fan Experience is live Tuesdays and Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Or you can catch the replays on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. You can have a team without a mate. Go and find one now at playthefielddating.com. Welcome back to the Herd and 10 podcast. We have an exciting guest who's previously been on the show. Dan Fates from 13 Wham, which is part of ABC News. Dan, how's it going?
0: Good, man. Happy to be back, especially after that game.
2: Yeah, no, what a, what a game. Honestly, it's, it's truly amazing. I know we were just chatting a little bit before just how our bills defense and offense showed up played physically in that game. I think you were saying you were kind of surprised that they were able to, to do that and really match themselves up really nicely with a tough 49ers team.
0: Yeah. And I think it's so important, not who you play, but more of when you play them if they would have played the 49ers earlier this season, the Niners probably would have ran the ball right down the Bills' throat. But right now, the way this defense has adjusted, the way that A.J. Klein has come into his own, which is something I never thought I would say earlier this year, the way Tremaine Edmonds looks healthier, the way this front line is really, it's coming into its own. Harrison Phillips played a little bit better. Ed Alver had a couple more pressures. Like, th- this front seven is starting to play not exactly like their 2019 form but they're starting to at least hold their own. AJ Apaneza is getting more reps. Like like you're starting to see this defense get their swagger back and confidence. Micah Hyde said it last year. I thought it was the best thing ever. He said confidence is a hell of a drug. And this defense, look, I think defenses across the board have taken a step back because of no crowd and in all of those things. So I, you're not going to see teams shut out pitch shutouts as much anymore. But this Bills defense is starting to regain a little bit of that look that they had last year. It's not going to be the same. Levi Wallace got picked apart, but In this instance, I liked the Bills going into Monday night because I thought the way the defense was playing aggressive again. That's what I saw. I saw timidness early on in the season. A.J. Klein looked slow. Tremaine Edmonds looked slow. They looked fast and aggressive and played downhill. The fourth down stop on the goal line is a prime example of of what this defense can do. And it reminded me a little bit of the goal line stand they had last year against Cleveland where it was just insane stops one after another other so starting to see glimpses that this defense is returning to their caliber of play
2: yeah it's nice to see that finally it's happening and it seems like it's happening at the right time last season the Bills kind of stumbled in to the playoffs losing I believe three of their last four games hopefully that's not going to be the case this season Mm -hmm. we can clearly see that they're on a roll now they seem to be getting better the offense obviously is humming with Josh Allen at the helm and the defense is really starting to step up. You mentioned Tremaine Edmonds. He had a slow start to the season. He had his shoulder injury, but he seems to be coming into full form. And it seems like this is happening right in preparation for the bills. Sunday night matchup against the Steelers.
0: Well, it's so funny. You mentioned that Jake Uh, last week or two weeks ago, after they played well against the 49 or uh, well against Seattle, uh, Kim Jones was on a conference call with Leslie Frazier and kind of asked him like, Hey, is this defense starting to look like the defense that you're expecting? And he was like, we're getting there. And especially all of the fans, even the media early on in the season, we wanted to slam this panic button of like, what is wrong with this bill's defense? You know, I was talking to you, maybe there's too much film out on them. Maybe there, maybe there's too much continuity. Maybe teams are starting to adjust them. And this bill's defense McDermott and Frazier always kind of stayed the course. They always kind of were like, Hey, like we got some pieces that are working. Like we're trying to figure this out. We're trying to change some things. And I just thought it was kind of just hot air coming out of them. And now all of a sudden Leslie Frazier got on the conference call last week. And he was like, hey guys, remember how I said that we were coming around and he goes, December is when you want to start playing your best football. And he was like, look what time it is. he's like, this is when you want to start playing your best. And McDermott, they've been saying that all along. You don't want to peak too early. This team now is, you know, starting to get that swagger back, starting to get that chip on their shoulder and really starting to understand one another, this system. AJ Klein's the big piece. I never thought I I wanted to get him out of, you know, get him out and get anybody else in as much as the next person. But when he talked to him and obviously he had a defensive player of the week, he started to say that he had been used to playing middle linebacker and had to adjust to playing outside linebacker. And it was just like, yeah, now I'm not, I get it more. I can be more aggressive. I'm not, I'm not having to think I'm just reacting. And that was some of the problems I think we've seen with Tremaine Edmonds at time, not reacting well. So it it was a great adjustment to see. And like you said, Jake, this defense is starting to peak or at least play their best this last half of the season.
2: They're also getting healthy too, which is something. The Bills have really been played by injuries throughout the season. Finally, Matt Milano's back and looks like he's ready to go. With all that, it seems like you said, they're not thinking, they're finally playing. They're rolling. They're just playing football. And they definitely understand the scheme well. But obviously, with some new players, they needed to learn and catch up to some of the other players that have already been in the system for a few years so just to jump into this next game the bills have a big one they got the Steelers coming to town it's a Sunday night primetime game another chance for Josh Allen and the bills to show up and show out in front of the entire nation what are you most excited about for this upcoming match
0: Uh, I think it's so many people had so much high expectations and and, and rightfully so a lot of respect for the 49ers physicality. They were a top 10 defense. What were the bills going to be able to do against it? The offense wise and Josh Allen, it wasn't necessarily his coming out party. I think his coming out party was against Dallas on Thanksgiving last year when the nation finally got to realize like, wow, this guy is, he's good. He's, he's exciting. I think this was another step for Josh to say like, Hey, I'm I'm on the cusp of a top 10 quarterback. I'm on the cusp of being in that Next category after some, you know, some big names, the Rodgers, the the Wilsons. You know, he, he's already beat Russell Wilson this year. He lost on one play to Kyler Murray. Like he's he's starting to do that. I'm also excited just to see, like I said, I think you're gonna see another physical game. And I loved it when the Bills have been, dare I say, collegey offense, where where it's kind of finesse, it's a little bit of trickery, it's a little bit of this. The Bills showed that they, you know, they can dirty it up because that's what I think teams want to do I think they want the Steelers especially they're going to want to ugly these games up and I think the Bills were able to handle that and kind of put their footprint on the game their identity of what they wanted to do and their identity is the ball in Josh Allen's hands like like there's just there's just no way of getting around it they're never going to be that good of a team that's running the ball they're just not their offensive line is for whatever reason I don't understand it Brian Dable doesn't understand it Sean McDermott doesn't understand it it's not for lack of trying. Brian Abel says he's tried zone, he's tried stra- uh, he's tried trap blocks, he's tried you know sprints, he's tried power. It's just not working. And getting in second and twelve has been so detrimental. And when this offense can control the pace of play and control time of possession with this passing game, it reminds me of what the Patriots have done for years. Like yeah, they can run the ball, but Tom Brady can throw the ball seven times, keep the clock rolling because these slants, these crossing routes. They're pretty much like handoffs. You're just getting guys in space. So, so it's interesting to see that. I don't think this Steelers team is very good. Like that's, that's not a hot take from me. Their best wins probably against the Browns earlier in the season. You know, they squeaked by Dallas. They beat a Jacksonville team with you and me at quarterback. Like I I just, and I know out of Pittsburgh, they have been talking about, you know, not getting the respect that they want. And, but Mike Tomlin has, has challenged them time and time again. And I said like, we got to play better. Like that was a terrible, that was a JV performance. And then they go out and lose at home. Like, like they are not a, that great of a team. I would have liked the bills to be the one to try and hand them their first loss. But this is a game where I think they are the better team. I, I, I think that, and again, kind of setting the standard. And, and last year when the bills beat them in Pittsburgh on Sunday night, they played duck Hodges. So, so you're going to get a step up. Um, and, and I think that this is a, a like you said, Primetime, Josh seems to love it. This team will say they don't care. They will say it's business as usual, but it's not. Um, You know, after the game, the Bills were underdogs in San Francisco to a five and six Niners team led by Nick Mullins. They were underdogs. And then after the game, you started to see, you know, Dawson Knox tweeted, I didn't know we were underdogs. You knew you were underdogs. Like this team will say they, they don't listen to it. They know everything that's going on. So it's another opportunity on the national stage, like you said, to kind of prove that my wife even said it yesterday or today we're driving home. And she goes, the bills are like good. And I was like, yeah, like, like really good. Like, like this is a team and, and the expectation is raised. So when Josh throws for 157 yards, it's like, Hey, what what's going on? But they're still able to get wins. I loved how last the week before they were able to win with their B game. They didn't play well. They turned the ball over three times in the fourth quarter, but they still got the win and that's all that matters. And now we saw pretty close to their a game. Uh, on Monday night, even though they, of course, said that they left some meat on the bone.
2: Yeah, I like that you bring that up, that they've won games with their B game. That, to me, differentiates between a good team and a great team. Because great teams find ways to win, even when they don't have a particularly impressive game. Now, obviously, against the 49ers, that was a different story. The Bills came out. They had a huge game. They were successful on offense. The defense was doing everything, even special teams. Although we didn't ask for a lot of punts, the one punt that Bojorquez was asked to do was a booming punt. So all three phases of the game seem to be working. And I think that it comes back to great coaching, great management on both the head coach and with the coordinators. And we're seeing some creativity from Dayball that we haven't seen before. Last season, when we were running the ball 10 times in a row with Frank Gore and gaining half of a yard, you felt like maybe Dayball wasn't the answer. But now he seems to be getting more comfortable and that might be part of Josh Allen's progression. His development is giving Dayball more to work with. It's allowing Dayball to call more unique and interesting plays that are starting to look almost like the Kansas City Chiefs. Some of those plays they were doing, especially in the red zone, were pretty unique and pretty uh, out there. So that was that was a lot of fun to see. Now, you talk about the. you think the Bills could win this game. They're obviously not going to enter this game as the favorite. And I'm okay with that. I like when they come in as an underdog. And like you said, they know, they know what's going on in the media. Let's, you know, let's not pretend here. But coming into this game, is it possible that the Bills could have a statement game again, like two weeks in a row, is it possible? Or is it just, if they win, it's it, people will say, Oh, it was a fluke or, Oh, it, you yeah. know, Steelers are kind of in a rut, I guess. Or is this an yeah. opportunity for the bills to really change the script significantly across the entire conference and maybe even across the entire NFL?
0: Yeah, I think that's a great point, Jake. Cause I, I looked at that chargers game and I said, the Chargers are a dangerous team. I was nervous about what I knew that Justin Herbert could do, could really exploit what the Bills secondary was lacking at times. And we knew how good he was. And I, and I was like, this Chargers team's got weapons. And I knew that if the Bills won, it wasn't going to be seen as this great win because they were three and eight, like they're the Chargers. But if they lost, it would have been a bad loss. Like, like that, that's just what they would have said. So I, I think that's kind of getting into the similar, similar situation here. If the Bills lay, lay an egg on Sunday night at home, people will say, well, that, you know, the Niners, it was Nick Mullins, like, like, like that's, that's just the bills haven't earned the national respect week in and week out that the, like I said, talk about the line, the line opens up the Steelers lose at home to the Washington football team. And they were still favored by a point and a half. Now the line has swung. It has swung quickly. So now everybody's on, everybody's tweeting at me saying, Dan, you're wrong. The bills are favored. Yes. They are now favored by a point and a half up to two points on some leagues. But that just goes to show you how it switched the bills opened as favorites against the 49ers and all money poured in on the Niners so like they don't have that national recognition and that brand name where this people will still think like the Steelers are if they win they'll be like, well, the Steelers are you know, they're the worst 11 in one team in the history of the NFL but if they lose it'll be like, well you know the bills just can't you know the brights the big lights. Somebody was saying that to me. They commented saying the Bills haven't done well in primetime, and they pointed out the Kansas City game and the Titans game, both totally weird scenarios, pretty much anomalies, as I would say, pretty much uh, it, compared to primetime games. Because I went back and I go right off the top of my head, I go Thanksgiving was one of the biggest games for the Bills in 20 years in their franchise, and then you looked at what they did Sunday night in Pittsburgh last year, clinching a playoff berth when they were trailing in the fourth quarter, like. Those are big wins. And I remember talking to NFL analyst Brian Baldinger and I asked him about that game this off in Dallas. And he said, that's a franchise changing game because they can always look back and they can go, we beat Dallas in Dallas on Thanksgiving. Like that is for, for the mantra and they can always look back and go, we've done it. We've done it on the biggest stage, arguably one of the biggest games of the year in football. So I think this team knows that I also don't think that they're going to panic one way or another, like that. And that's again another testament, Jake. You're talking about to both coaches, the head coach and Brian Dable, just going. It's one game. If they win, they won't care because it's just one game, and we're on to the next one. If they lose, it's one game. It's not a big deal. That's what they're going to tell us coming out of it. But this is a team that listens to the criticism. They understand the criticism. Sean McDermott said that this week. The bills knew all about that's well-documented their third quarter struggles. And he said, their guys were fired up in the locker room at halftime to get back out there and prove it wrong. Like, I'm not saying they have rabbit ears, but they, they like being an underdog. They like having that chip on their shoulder. And it, it's an interesting dynamic heading into again, another primetime game where they'll tell us in the media, the only person that, that was honest with me last year was Shaq Lawson when he said, I love the spotlight. What are you talking about? I, I want to be on TV. And then you go to Josh and he's like, it's just another game because that's the company line. But this process gets to take another step and, and to keep stacking up these wins where people go, oh, they're, nine and th- they're nine and three now. Oh, wow. They're, they're 10 and three. Like, Oh, okay. Like, and, and then you kind of keep building that up. So again, Josh said it best last week, you know, eight wins doesn't get you a division title. Nine wins hasn't gotten them a division title. They, they still know they have to keep stacking those games, but it's another It's another chance to prove people that this is a legitimate team. And guess what? The Steelers, they can also play well. And and, and the Bills can play a good game and lose. Like, like that's possible too. Not every game that the Bills have lost. Do they look awful? Um, Kansas city ran the ball down their throat. It was still a five point game in the fourth quarter. And if Justin Zimmer punches that ball out of, you know, Patrick Mahomes hands a half second earlier, we may be having a different conversation. So It's when you're playing teams, it's all that in one and it's a big spot for them, no question. Yeah,
2: I like that you bring that up, that the Bills, its it could be a close game. They could lose this game. It doesn't mean it's a bad effort. It doesn't mean they played poorly. And from this coaching staff, it's clear, like you said, week to week. If they win, great, they move on. If they lose, great, they still move on. It doesn't seem to matter. And being 9-3, and three, they have a little bit of a luxury. Now, yep. they do have the Miami Dolphins right on their tail at one game behind them but they do have that matchup to end the season. And that could end up being the key game to this entire division.
0: I mean, we'll see what
2: happens. Yeah.
0: And it was interesting you say that, Jake. I just got off the Zoom calls with the coordinators and Brian Dable. I asked him just because Josh Allen said he was in the zone on Monday night. He just looked so comfortable. Probably the best he's looked this season. Arguably his best game just comfort wise understanding everything maybe of his career made some really good throws. And I asked Brian Dable, like as a play caller, like do you get in the zone? Do you feel it when Josh is in the zone? He's like, yeah, you, you feel it when Josh is in the zone and so on and so forth. But he also talked about how you can't just bottle up a game plan and then bring it to the next week and expect the same results. And, and, and it was interesting because the bill's offense was flawless. They, they, they got turned over on downs on the, you know, the opening drive, Zach Moss fumbled on the second drive. After that, they scored on six straight possessions, four of them being touchdowns, especially a two minute drill with like, there was less than a minute left before halftime. They marched on the field, double dipped was just beautiful. All of those things, but Brian Dable isn't sitting back going 34 points against the Niners. Like we we've got this figured out. And, And maybe that's what's so frustrating for us in the media is because I want them to say like, yeah, we have a formula. We just bring it to the game and it works that's not how Brian Dable works. That's not how the bills are are, are treating these games where again, they're going to come into this game going, Hey, TJ Watts really good. And Minka Fitzpatrick is really good. And who knows if Joe Hayden will play, but like, this is a, you know, Brian Dable said, this is a Steelers defense that looks like a Steelers defense. And that's about as big of a compliment. I think as you can give a Pittsburgh football team.
2: When you look at this coaching staff of the bills, they're humble. That's just the way they do it, but it's for us fans to puff our chests and be excited, right? Nine and three hard not to be excited. I do want to bring up a little concern of mine and I want to see if you're on the same page and that's in the secondary Levi Wallace in this game, although the bills won against the Niners, although their defense did look really steady and Tredavious white seems to be getting back into form. We did see some concerns from Levi Wallace. He really got eaten up on Monday night and I feel like there could be a problem there. Maybe we need to look at bringing Norman back, you know, and letting him play a few more snaps. Are you concerned at all with Levi Walsh, especially entering against a Steelers team that is loaded with talented yeah. receivers?
0: Yeah, they're definitely going to want to spread the bills out, go three, four, four wide at times, you know, and let Ben kind of sit back and try and pick him apart. Yeah, I think Levi's always going to have this stigma and it's probably a little bit unfair because he lines up alongside Trey White I mean the Niners didn't even look Trey White's way and when they did Trey picked it off like it was classic I was like man I haven't even noticed Trey today and all of a sudden it's like oh it's an interception it's like yeah it's the first time they tried to throw at him so and Leslie Frazier's acknowledged that too that whoever lines up opposite of Trey is going to get picked on Josh Norman it was him in the Tennessee game like it it just the way that things are, are working I think that there could be a rotation of some kind I think they will you know, mix in Josh Norman. I think they should mix in Dane Jackson, who again, in limited time has played really well. Um, but I think they're going to need everybody. And, and I don't know if it's as much as I thought Levi was in a couple of pos- the position, a couple of good times. I hated that pass interference call on the opening drive. I thought that was an awful call. The one deep ball was great position. It was just a better throw and a better catch. Like that's where better offense beats better defense. So I, it's funny. It seems like we have these conversations about Levi Wallace, like once every four weeks and we go, I don't know if Levi Wallace is that good. And then he'll make a pick. He'll come up and make a tackle. And then everything kind of settles down. And then this bubbles back up because he is undrafted. He is out of Alabama where like you you just, some of these things are always stigmas against Levi Wallace, because if the bills do get lit up in the secondary, it's probably going to be because of Levi. Um, So, and especially when last night, they brought their safeties down more to prevent against the run. So Micah and Jordan were down lower in the box more. So you, again, Levi didn't have as much help. Like there there are explanations. I understand the concern, especially going into Pittsburgh, I think is the good point. If they were going up against Miami, maybe I wouldn't have as much of a worry because I don't think that they're going to go big play on them as much. But the Steelers can go big play in a hurry. So I think this week, the Steelers are also looking at the tape from the 49ers game going... Hey, I think we can go at 39.
2: So the final question here, and, and I love this one because this is really a big battle score prediction, who's going to win and what is the score going to be, Dan?
0: Look, to me, the number that I'm always looking for this Bill's team to hit is 30. I, you know, when they hit 30, I I think that that's, to me, it's, that's the standard this year. I, I know that sounds crazy after last year where they averaged 17 points a game and really struggled to get anything going. I go back to that Chargers game. They fumbled the ball three times in four possessions. Josh Allen only threw for 157 yards. They had penalties. That The, the, the offense just didn't seem like it was going. And you look up at the end of the night and you go, oh, you 27 points. The Bills scored 27 points three times last year. Like, this is a new expectation. So I think that the, there are holes as well in the Steelers defense because of some of the injuries that they have now had. some of their guys that have gone out devin bush they've had some acl injuries i like the bills 30 24 another high scoring game that that's been my numbers i I think 30 points is is the sweet spot um and i'll 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 take them to win i think they'll probably be a three-point favorite by the time of kickoff i would take the cover but I'll take the under, whatever the total is. I think it's like 48 right now. I think it could be an ugly game. I know I just predicted 30 points, but if the Bills do what they want to do, I think they'll want to try and keep the ball out of Ben's hands as well.
2: I like that prediction because it's got the Bills to win and I have the Bills to win as well. I I think it's going to be super tight. I think it's probably going to come down to just a couple plays that Mm -hmm. Allen gets over Roethlisberger in this game. Roethlisberger has just not been the same quarterback this season. He's obviously changed his style. He's getting the ball out quicker, but he doesn't seem to be as mobile. He's still having arm troubles. I think the Bills are going to win 31 to 30. I think it's going to be really tight, but I do see the Bills winning. I think they'll have that little bit of an edge, and I don't think it will be from the defense, but I do think the offense will have a slight edge in this one.
0: Big advantage, too. Steelers playing their third game in a span of, what is it, 13, 14 days. Like yeah. it, it's crazy. So, so, again, you're going to get a, a beat-up team who just played. Another thing, too, there's some interesting stats out there that teams – After they play the Chicago Bears, they are winless against the spread. It's part of it is almost like you're lulled into a false sense of security, possibly playing the Bears, but the Bears defense is really physical. So the the odds makers also think, you know, you play a real physical game, it it taxes you going into the next week. Washington's defense is legit. That front four, that front seven is maybe one of the best in football that nobody is talking about. The way Ron Rivera's coached that team up, that could be another blueprint where you got to get these guys AJ Epinesa, Jerry Hughes, to really kind of eat and feed off that and really kind of beat them up because this Steelers team is going to be limping into this game. They will say they're fine, but they've gotten screwed over on the schedule. There is no doubt about it, just like the Bills did when they had to play Tennessee um, in their span. So, again, you saw the Bills. They didn't have the COVID outbreak, but they had to deal with it. They lost to Tennessee, they lost to Kansas City because things got changed. Pittsburgh's had their schedule changed because of Baltimore's outbreak. They lose to Washington. Now, again, on a short week, they got to come and play the Bills. Bills get a big advantage there and a big boost.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think that COVID for sure is going to play a factor in this particular game. And like you said, they just played a Washington team that honestly, if you watch that game, wow, that, that team beat down on the Steelers. They're a tough team. They're aggressive. It's all running. So the Steelers are really limping into this one and it should be noted. There isn't, there doesn't seem to be enough talk about Dupree is out. Like yep. he's been a key piece of their defense. He is what's really kept TJ Watt and that defensive line staying extremely strong. And he's out. And Joe they Hayden. don't have Joe the Hayden same. As well. Joe Hayden, it looks like he's probably not going to play. So Incussion. they're really uh, quite hurt and quite beat up. And their offense also, they have been missing James Conner with the COVID stuff. And he'll likely be back this week. So that could give them a slight boost in the run game. But honestly, like you said, they're really beat up. And I think that's going to make this game interesting and hopefully, and ideally give the bills the win. So Dan, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure having you on. Definitely need to have you on again. You're so passionate. You're so knowledgeable. Thank you so much for coming on. Our listeners love hearing from you. So thanks again, Dan.
0: I appreciate for having me on. Always a pleasure.
3: Hey, it's Joel Williamson, host of That Nerd Dad podcast.
0: Look, finding time for yourself is an important part of parenting. It allows us to be the best version of ourselves for our kids. So tune in every week to talk about parenting, pop culture, and politics. Whether you're an exhausted parent looking for a laugh or a stone teenager who clicked on this by mistake, this is the podcast for you. You can find me on Spotify, Apple, Google, the Dean Blundell Network, or at thatnerddad.ca.
1: This one time in Russia, I had boots with the fur and apple-bottom jeans before it was a thing. This one time in Russia, my Baba got mad at me for going out with wet hair. This one time in Russia, I had to put on all the clothes in my suitcase because it was so cold. And I should have listened to her because that same Baba gave me a shot of vodka and a whole slice of lemon, rind, and all to cure my cold. Well, if you're interested in these stories and more, come check us out at the Russian Sisters podcast. The Russian Sisters, available on Apple, Google, Spotify,
0: and at the sisters.com.